You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery Mystery of Everything, Everything. available everywhere you get your podcasts. quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Monster Talk. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith, and today with Dr. Karen Stolzno and Ben Radford, we'll be tackling the issue of video hoaxing. First, we'll be discussing the context of internet video hoaxes, and then we'll be talking to Lou Petho, the man whose video was ripped off to build the famous mammoth hoax. And after that, we have a bonus interview with Alan Melikjanian, better known by millions as Captain Disillusion. He'll be walking us through how such hoaxes are made. This episode will also have some interesting links in the show notes, including my own frame-by-frame matchup, which proves that the Mammoth video did indeed derive directly from Petho's source material. And we'll also be talking about the Iceland worm and how it differs from the Mammoth hoax. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get going with some... Monster Talk. We've had a lot of really interesting video monster news in the past couple of weeks. So one story that we're going to be doing, I guess the majority of this episode on is this mammoth in Siberia. But there's also another story about a mysterious ice serpent um, that both these stories are internet videos that have gone viral 
and mm-hmm. both of them, Ben, you've written uh, articles on and found solutions for <laughs> really quickly. So uh, I think we have a lot of interesting things to chat about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, why has there been such a spate of these of late? I don't know. And why are they all ice related? <laughs> time of year. I guess that must that must be. I mean, it, actually, it's interesting because, as you pointed out, I mean, there, there's a lot of similarities. Both of them were, you know, in, in icy conditions in water. Uh, one was in Iceland, uh, in eastern Iceland. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of the lake. Uh, and the other one, of course, was in Siberia. One of them was much fuzzier than the other one because, as we as we now know, it was digitally, <laughs> digitally, digitally fuzzified. Uh, but the other Technical one I don't term. think was. Y- yes, exactly. I'm, I'm, Let's I'm, not uh, fill the whole thing up with the right, exactly. With I'm, yeah, exactly. Industry tech jargon. In- right, the, the, the insider tech jargon of fuzzified. Um, but no, it was it was interesting. I mean, just from my perspective, how both of these turned out because, um, you know, initially I had written pieces on, on both of them sort of independently. And, and to be honest, I'd kind of not ignored, but I just hadn't gotten around to the whole ice, uh, the Iceland uh, lake monster or uh, river, whatever the hell it was. Um, it had been around for about a week, and I, I was just really busy, so busy with other things I didn't get a chance to do it. And then finally uh, I was asked to do it by, uh, by a news organization, so I dropped everything I did it. Uh, but what's interesting was that he, what, with both of them, of course, um, w- one of the first things was, well, is is it real? Is it a hoax? Whatever else. And of course, there were there were hoax theories on all sides. Um, but I, I think you know that, that these two are a very interesting pairing when you look more closely at the videos and you look, you know, wh- what happened and how did it happen and how did these things come up? And we can talk some about that now because I, I think it's again we, we we've gotten a lot of feedback as you pointed out from the Monster Talk um, community uh, on Facebook and elsewhere. So it's uh, it was kind of neat to sort of see how each of them played out in their own way. I was going to say as well, as you noted on the Facebook page, that it's uh, it's really great that these were tackled so quickly and that solutions and explanations uh, were found. Otherwise, they would really be relegated to folklore very quickly and no one would ever mm-hmm. uh, be able to explain them. And they'd just go on and on and on. So it was good to really nail them so quickly. Well, it's, 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 you know, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, you know, in, in some ways the uh, – the the internet, you know, of course, it's we have a proliferation of of these these videos and these, you know, is it a Bigfoot? These blob squatches and here and there. Uh, so on one hand, of course, the, the the internet has has really promulgated and you know made it much easier to to get these things out there and and, and fooling people. On on the flip side, of course, we also have uh, mu- there's much more there's much more capacity for immediately addressing these things and, and bringing uh, an- analysis and criticism. Exactly. Um, so which which was which is. Which is kind of good because, again, a lot of times, you know, in my experience, these things just fade away. I mean, I can, you know, I can think of dozens and dozens of, you know, of uh, videos of, you know, the Lake Champlain monster or a blob squatch somewhere or whatever else that, you know, makes a big hubbub. And then after a, a week or two, it fades away and there's really no, no final conclusion or, or really solid analysis. And it was nice to sort of be able to put a, a period at the end of both of these. If only the internet was around in 1966, hey? Right, exactly. I think it's interesting to kind of talk about how there's the, one of, there's several big differences between these these two uh, incidents. I'm not sure what we should call them. Let's call them incidents for now. Hoaxes. Well, <laughs> well not, not, not exactly. Not That's exactly. the point, right? That's exactly the first point I wanted to get to. The uh, the I really wish I could pronounce the name of this thing, but I'm just going to call it the ice snake. So the video shows. I, Blake, I believe you're referring to the 
Lagerflostornen. Bless you. Oh. <laughs> How dare we'll just you? Call the Lagers. <laughs> la, la, we'll, yeah, oh, we'll yeah. just call it the, Lagerflostornen. You, you could just fix this in post. <laughs> Call it, call it the the Icelandic worm. How's that? I think yeah. you know. I think I think uh, our our friends. Uh, so this was. Uh, we have listeners everywhere, but <laughs> I think our friends in Iceland are probably laughing at us. Really, that's really. okay. Yeah. So I, I think I also tore something in my tongue just now. So anyway, but yes, you, you were Not talking the about the, the 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 Iceland worm. Right, the Iceland worm. We call the Iceland river worm. Anyway, the point is that the the Iceland river worm video uh, was uh, popularized after the person who saw the thing in the river uh, videoed it and then turned it over to the local news as an interesting video. Right. And then it became uh, sort of a a monster – what's the right word here? Uh, it became another one of those cryptid reports that all of our favorite websites picked up and carried. But it was never, uh, I guess, specifically claimed by the guy who videoed it that he had seen a monster. He saw something unusual in the water. But right. but the, uh, the mammoth video um, was promoted as being a woolly mammoth crossing a river in Siberia, that the person who videoed it actually had seen a mammoth crossing the river, mm-hmm. which is a fairly big difference. <laughs> well, I think yeah. I was going to say one important thing to understand is that for the most part, you, when when the public sees these videos, um, the immediate assumption is that, that however it's being presented to them at the time is how it was presented to the journalist or to the blogger, whoever it was. And mm-hmm. so if they say, you know, the, you know, this is allegedly, you know, this was shot by someone who says it's Bigfoot. Um, and what, what there's a lot of times there's nuances in there where what you find is that, is that that's not quite true. And that certainly was the case with the, the Iceland worm was that, uh, and, and as you pointed out, you know, the guy that, that actually shot it, it, it's important to, to realize that he didn't, his end of the story didn't, didn't come out for several weeks. Um, when, when, when the first, when the video first hit the internet, and I think it was probably, as I recall, it, it probably appeared in one of the British tabloids because they, they just cranked this stuff out, you know, uh, like, like sausage. But, um, but, uh, when, when it first appeared there, uh, we, we, there was no backstory. It was just basically, Hey, here's this, here's this, this, this river monster in, uh, in, in Iceland. Uh, and then after I think a week or two. There was some follow-up, and then someone actually talked to the guy and, and got, got a quote, and that's when it sort of came out that he, he, he himself, as you point out, never really claimed that, and other people had sort of put the label on that. And I, I, that, that process by which people label monsters has always really interested me, and, and the first time that I really noticed that uh, was with the, the Champ uh, monster in, in Lake Champlain, because uh, if you look at the most famous photo, photo of, of Champ and really of any lake monster in the world, the one uh, taken by Sandra Mansi in 1977, uh, it, it, it appears in all sorts of you know, cryptozoology books and mystery books and unexplained books as you know, a photo of Champ, the, the, the local lake monster. But when I interviewed uh, uh, Mrs. Mansi and when I did more research on it, it turns out that, in fact, she never claimed it was – well, she, she eventually claimed it was Champ. But at first, she just said, I saw something weird. 
She never said it must be, you know, the local lake monster. She never said it must be Champ. Uh, she just said, hey, here's this weird thing. Uh, and it wasn't until later on when cryptozoologists came in and basically put a label on her experience and on her photograph. And in a very real way, they, they told her what she saw. Uh, in the end, I, I argue, and I've argued in, in, my, in my books, that, that they, they were wrong in their interpretation. But, of course, she, she in, in her mind... Uh, these were the experts. You know, these are cryptozoologists. They've written books on these things. They know these things. Uh, and so she was happy to accept their explanation because you know, she sort of felt like, wait, the, you know, these are scientists. These are experts. They, they know more about this than I do. I'm just somebody who happened to be there and see it and photograph it. And anyways, it's, it's interesting because th- this actually happens uh, fairly frequently uh, in, in, these, in these lake monster sightings where, uh, again, as with the Iceland uh, worm, the, uh, the, the first person isn't necessarily the person that's labeling it. It's just sort of something weird. And, of course, something will weird quickly translates into monster. And then conversely, you've got with the Patterson-Gimlin footage, they were actually in search of Bigfoot at the time, and then that's what they find. Exactly. Hmm. In this particular case with the, uh, with the uh, Siberian mammoth video, it's, it's really unclear what the backstory was supposed to be. Um, the guy who brought the video to us, uh, Michael Cohen, uh, has been involved in bringing all sorts of videos uh, <laughs> and other hoaxes and claims um, to the public. So he he was involved in. I think we you know as we talked about uh, when we talked to uh, Lou Petho, um, Cohen has a, a a series of of hoaxes he's been involved with, or at least what appears to be hoaxes. Right. We, sh- we, sh- we should probably qualify yeah. that not all of them have been proven hoaxes, but they're but, certainly highly dubious. Well, let's <laughs> say two of them uh, in particular, the, uh, this one, and then the, the chicken alien uh, <laughs> from, I think it was April of last year. Um, yeah. And then what I think was pretty clearly also a hoax is the uh, video he did of a supposed alien uh, behind some Brazilian school kids. That looks pretty phony to me. But, again... Uh, the question is not um, – well, I guess the question is, did Cohen do these hoaxes or is he just a promoter of hoaxes? I don't know the answer to that. But what I think should be clear is that if any news story comes from Michael Cohen, it should be treated as extremely unlikely to be true, uh, like very suspect. I mean the the whole idea that uh, – you know he's 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 become like a P.T. Barnum or a uh, yeah uh, I was gonna say yeah or a uh, uh, Tom Biscardi <laughs> he's attracting them all yeah he's a person who whose whose uh, content is extremely dubious I I would not trust it I don't think our our listeners would trust it and I'm surprised well you know I'm not surprised we'll get to that too I it's like I want to talk about why the Sun would put this onto their paper because uh, that's also because... kind of an interesting matter. They're a tabloid. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> sure if exactly. all American listeners would be familiar with the sun yeah, as, a, as a British tabloid, but, you know, page three girls and the lot. Well, and then mm-hmm. those are respectable. I'm talking about the front page <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Comparatively, yeah. Those aren't fake, you see. That's... <laughs> oh, well, they are, yeah. Hey, now. So, <laughs> so right, there's the other thing. It's like... What what's the son's responsibility in this matter? I, I mean, I think they they ought to, you know, 
be more reputable but it's not it's not their job to be reputable i guess considering they've given up on that a long time ago i, I mean they have right. a reputation as is uh i mean are they suitable for holding fried fish well uh, yeah i mean look yeah. I, I think that there's an element to this where you know part it's it's a valid question to ask did anybody was anybody really fooled by this uh, I mean, uh, it's it's easy to sort of say, well, look, you know, it got it got five million hits on YouTube. All these people believe it. Not necessarily. Just because people are watching it or forwarding it or commenting on it, uh, you know, doesn't mean people are buying it. A lot of them are, are skeptics and, and things like that. So I think I think that it, it's easy to sort of unintentionally exaggerate uh, the number of people that were re- really you know fooled or, or baffled by it. And and you know when you when you look at um, and again, part of that that credibility goes to where it first appeared. And you know, when something first appears in the tabloids, it's like you know the National Enquirer, which I think is now online only. You know, ten years ago, if something appeared in the Enquirer, every now and then, uh, you know, something is true. I mean, the, the, the Enquirer has actually broken important news stories. Uh, like, for example, I think they broke uh, Jimmy Swaggart being caught with a hooker, <laughs> and, and, a, and a copy of Hustler, which I, was, I just love. But um, so the point is that that you know that even every, every now and then, even they can come up with a, a real story. But for the most part, people know what they're getting, and, and same thing with the Sun. And especially when you when you when you look at it. From, from a, a skeptical point of view and you realize, you know, this is all anonymous. This is, you know, a government-employed engineer. <laughs> really? Somebody? And, and this was all shot last summer. I, I don't believe for a second that some Russian uh, government engineer saw, saw a, a, a woolly mammoth last summer and, and didn't say anything about it for six months. I just, I just don't buy it. Well, the sun, I think they were going to uh, replace News of the World with a, a Sunday edition. If that says anything about them, it, it okay. doesn't. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were going to replace another tabloid. Oh, okay, okay. So, I, you know, the, my my familiarity with British tabloids is very limited. I do know that the Sun is. Uh, you know, I think the Sun and the Daily Mail, uh, you know, have been responsible for so many wasted hours for me. Uh, Especially the page three girls, right? Uh, I'm not, I can't get to that at work. So no, and, but, the, <laughs> and the the Tory politicians in lingerie. <laughs> I guess my point is the the uh, yeah. So that's a dubious thing. But but here's what I found really interesting. A lot of the times when photos and videos appear in the sun, uh, people. I mean, I assume other listeners have the same thing. They want to figure it out themselves. They want to say, "Well, is that a real thing to be curious about, or is that just crap, or is that a reflection in a window? Is that digitally enhanced? What, is it something? You know, is it a real thing?" And in this particular case, it was fascinating to me. I mean, absolutely fascinating to me. Less the video, but more how the skeptic community. Uh, split up on the whole thing, and like uh, the the the, the mo- if there had been an internet poll, by far the clear winner would have been this was actually a bear with a fish, yeah, right. And um, I found that really interesting because I saw that there were elements that implied digital trickery, and this was before the actual uh, source video came out, and and so we are we're going to have inserted into this episode some really good explanations for how this stuff was done, but. Everybody was so sure it was a bear with a fish because of this really interesting reason. They said to themselves, Occam's razor, which makes more sense. Is it a bear with a fish or is it a woolly mammoth? (laughs) But the other option of maybe there's nothing there at all, which is really the null hypothesis. I mean, literally the null hypothesis. 
uh, mm -hmm. didn't come through. It was like, why would somebody take the time to digitally insert something when they could just take a natural phenomena and put it in there? And I think we'll address all those questions in, in, in the uh, two in interviews. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, but that's 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 really an interesting thing because maybe they were asking the wrong question or maybe they asked the right question to begin with. Is it a hoax or not? Yes, it's a hoax. And then they played through. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say in, in, in the original piece that I wrote about that, I basically I gave three possible possible uh, theories on it. The first one was that uh, it was it's an outright hoax that it was, you know, uh, it's a computer-generated elephant or mammoth that was digitally inserted in, into the photo, and you know, and just you know, end of story. Um, and then the, the the second hypothesis that I gave was was the one that you mentioned, which is the the uh, the bear with a a big fish in its mouth. And then the, the third one uh, was sort of a combination of the two that it was um, it was a bear with a with a, a fish in its mouth, but it was also faked. Um, and that is, that is, it wasn't, it wasn't that the photographer, uh, didn't recognize it or, you know, was like, oh my God, you know, I did, I just, you see this, for example, in, in a lot of ghost photos where someone, <laughs> yeah. they, they take a photo and then days later, weeks later, whenever they develop it, oh my God, I didn't see that at the time. Well, you know, we've got a woolly yeah. mammoth here. It's like the um, theory behind EVPs. Exactly. Exactly, and so so that was it was, it was interesting to me to sort of parse it out, and where it was, you know, it could have been, uh, it wasn't a mistake, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, an authentic, you know, photo of a, of a bear and a fish, um, and yet it was still faked. And of course, as it turned out, the the first explanation was was the right one, but it was it, it was really fascinating to sort of, as you pointed out, to sort of see you know, where people came down on it. And people really got pretty passionate about it. People were getting pissed off about, no, 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 it's good. If, if you're, you're an idiot, look, you can see the fish. You're like, well, yeah. okay. But, but I, I was going to say, go ahead, Karen. I was just going to say, I think it's a good lesson for skeptics to not be too hasty and to stay open-minded. I agree. I, I think um, one of the things that I found interesting was um, how many biologists I saw involved in this discussion on various forums and, and uh, in our Facebook group and just all over the place <laughs> talking about whether or not there was useful information there. Could you tell if it was a bear or if it was an elephant or a mammoth and our mammoth model? Um, and there's this field of study called allometrics where you compare um, the ratio of, of body part sizes to each other. Uh, and you get these numbers, which helps you identify what the species is, uh, you know, and it's, you know, because in this case, you don't have the ability to look at the skull or the bones or the DNA or anything like that. And it's very blurry, but there, that can take you somewhere that can kind of help you figure out to some extent if it's really uh, a bear or, I mean, e even if you can't tell for sure if it's a real bear or a digital bear, or is it a mammoth? In this case, I suspect... Uh, and again, the, I think the interviews will cover this, but I suspect it's probably an elephant model, um, mm. but it could have been, it could have been a bear model. It really doesn't matter because it's been digitally changed in shape so that it wouldn't fit with anything really. I mean, it's not, right. it's not, it's somebody moved it around, cut off its legs and did a few things to it, uh, to make it work. Um, so whether that yeah, was it, done it, with live yeah. video or whether it was done with a model, 
it, it, it's kind of irrelevant because it, right. I mean the, the the point is it's faked and it was intentionally faked. This is not exactly this is not this is not an accidental hoax. And again, sort of we can sort of compare it back to the 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 Iceland worm that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it turns out, um, I would argue not a hoax at all. Uh, it was, you know, it was legitimate. Interpretation. Was, yeah, it's all inter- interpretation. So yeah. that's that's sort of where you have the, the 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 contrast there. And let me just just for a second, let me touch uh, quickly on the um, on on the 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 media aspect because I, I think that's one one part that really interested me is is again because it did appear in a tabloid, The Sun. I, I had comments, not necessarily directed at me, but just I saw comments like, well, this is the sun. What do you expect? This is ridiculous. Why are you bothering to cover it? And there's a, there's a certain truth to that because there's a, there's a, a sort of a, a laundering effect in which, uh, you know, a story will be picked up by somewhat disreputable <laughs> or, or should we say less than reliable sources. But, but then – but then as the story uh, gets more steam, uh, at that point, it then becomes a story in itself. And so, so mm. reputable sources like myself um, ended up, end up sort of reporting not just on the story, not, on, not just on the original video, but the, the story behind the story, the, the fact that it was becoming a story. And so, you know, to, to people who would say, well, you know, this is all so stupid, you know, you can't believe anything, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, why did you bother investigating this? Uh, I think that's that's the wrong way to look at it because um, because even though I and you and probably many people were not fooled in the least, uh, I'm sure some people were and and um, and uh, and even if they weren't, there is value in investigating things these things and trying to figure out what you know getting to the bottom of them, and it doesn't do any good to sort of take this sort of high-handed dismissive approach like, well, this is, to- this is too stupid or this is too silly. Um, it's not necessarily. And, uh, and there, there is value in, in, in doing these things and doing these investigations because, again, a lot of times if there isn't this sort of skeptical investigation, there's no, there's no conclusion to it. I mean, you just, you know, hey, do you remember that one, you know, Bigfoot video? Yeah, no one ever, you know, no one ever really proved or disproved it. It just, uh, just sort of out there lingering in the wilderness uh, or in the cryptozoological wilderness like, like uh, debris. And so that's yeah, why it develops it's, it's a good. life of its own. Exactly. So that's why it's good to sort of be able to, to you know, to, to, you know, to get, a, get a bite on it and, uh, and, and analyze it. These... Um the, the 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 simple truth is, if you don't squash uh, hoaxes like a bug, I mean, just completely squash them, then they will keep being reborn again and again and again uh, in in the in the paranormal literature. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, like the um, I, there's so many of these things that, that that they're not real or they're misinterpreted or there's just a fake story for a real thing. Um, and that becomes the big story. And when you figure out what's really going on, you can't get that story out. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. excited that we're having the opportunity to sort of take this, analyze it, and get a sort of a more timely episode of Monster Talk out to kind of talk about how this went down. Um, because well, I, you won't, that's not an interesting show for TV, right? <laughs> well, I, I guess the question is, has this bug been squashed then? Because if there was... Uh, were arguments amongst the skeptical community about this. Um, I wonder if there'll be arguments outside of the community. I mean, obviously, uh, people are still going to be questioning it. I think, you know, we may never know what the source material was. I mean, what, what is that 
animated item that's been placed onto this real video. But what we do know is that the original video just showed water and that whatever was placed on there was deliberately blurred and motion was added to the video to make it seem like it was a, a live encounter versus just a static shot. Um, so all that, I mean, all that tells us that whatever they're showing there wasn't really there. I mean, that's, that's I think, extremely well demonstrated. Uh, but, oh, but I, I mean the after yeah. effects. But the, the after the general effects is public. really hard to say, right? I mean, there may be the, the, like let's take the 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 thing in the river, the uh, the uh, Iceland uh, worm. It it's it's not a real animal. It's it's something. It's not even moving. I mean, it's not even making any forward or reverse motion in the water. It's merely waving back and forth. But because of the way the guy shot the video, it appears to be moving. Uh, and, and it appears to be making progress, I should say. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so uh, there's people still arguing that that's a real animal out there. But <laughs> it, it's uh, – yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, Karen. I, I don't know. It's because, a long-term thing. Like, yeah, we'll revisit it it's later a two part. on. Well, one thing, you know, our, our project to uh, make Monster Talk uh, transcripts, at least the, the hope is out there that when we can sort of drive up – uh, the ability for people to find the answers to questions like this uh, when they search. Because right now, when you search, most of your searches are going to hit on, there's this mysterious story. And exactly. The hoax uh, explanation is just kind of mixed in there. It's a salt and pepper. And what you really mm -hmm. want, I think, is more of a uh, snow with a few flecks of uh, dirt. Right? <laughs> we want the salt, <laughs> not the pepper. <laughs> Well, actually, let's talk a little bit more about the, the Iceland uh, worm because that, that was an interesting case in that that was partly solved by uh, a Monster Talk listener, um, yeah. it, so with, which was kind of neat. I mean, uh, the, the backstory to that is, again, I, I'd written a piece on that, uh, and it was bounced around. And, and, again, I had sort of offered a couple different, um, a couple different theories about what it might be, and I pointed out a couple things about the, the poor quality of the video and that it was actually shot from two different angles and things like that. And I pointed out, I said, look, you know, I said, furthermore, we don't even know if it's, it's making any forward progress. I'm not, I'm not certainly, I certainly wasn't the first person to question that by any means, but I, I, I sort of put that out there. And, um, and one of our Monster Talk listeners, uh, I think her name was Misa. Um, uh, she, um, you know, I, I, she posted on, on the, uh, Monster Talk Facebook page that she had done some screen captures and had basically proven that in fact, um, she, she used different points of reference and had shown that it was not in fact moving forward, that the tail was moving with, with the current. And so at that point I'm like, Hey, <laughs> that's pretty good. I think you got it. And so I sort of combined it with something else and I did a follow-up story. Uh, and that was sort of when it when it all sort of you know blew up and then died down. But it was it was neat to me to, to sort of see how amateur um, you know investigators uh, just sort of you know well informed skeptical people with some knowledge and some you know some critical thinking can can really contribute to this. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. good worm yeah. analytics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've reached your quota for tonight. I think. <laughs> No, I, I do. That, that was fantastic. I, I wanted to do the same thing, and, and as you guys know, my PC rig where I do all my analysis died, so mm. I've actually just bought a new system board for it today. I'm excited to get back in the game, but that was great. I love it when our listeners actually participate. That's fun. Oh, and, yeah. It isn't... I love this, too. I love how uh, collaborative skeptics can be with this sort of research versus... And this may be a misperception on my part, but it seems like the cryptozoology community in general, and I think this is actually borne by the uh, the evidence, uh, like in uh, 
Brian Regal's book when he talks about um, how everybody wants to hoard their knowledge. Nobody wants to share information. And uh, that's, that's, I think, a pretty big difference between the two communities. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think a lot of those people are after fame, aren't they? More than mm-hmm. anything else and uh, not so much within our community. We're just wanting to solve mysteries. That's right. Mm. They do it for the chicks. <laughs> well, you know, it was interesting on, 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 uh, on Doubtful News, on, on Sharon Hill's uh, um, blog, she pointed out that... Um, friend of the show. That, what's mm-hmm. that? Friend of the yes, show. Yes, friend, friend of the show, Sharon Hill. <laughs> uh, she pointed out that, that uh, it was interesting that in both these cases, of course, it was the skeptics that, that solved it. Uh, it wasn't the, the professional cryptozoologists, and I won't name names, but uh, we all know who many of them are. And that's not to discredit them. Yes. Um, but, but, I mean, but there's, you know, as we all know, they're sort of top tier. You know, we have the, the Biscardis <laughs> and things like that. But, but we have people who, who are going out there. And what, what Sharon pointed out was that, um, that as is often the case, uh, it's the skeptics who have to go in there and, and, and solve the mysteries. And, and you would think that you know, if this is a legitimate science and if some of the main individuals who are in the field are really doing this sort of investigation and really on top of things, you would think that they would be the ones who are out there exposing hoaxes and, and getting to the bottom of this. But um, oddly enough, it, of, it often seems to fall to the skeptics to do that. And, and that's the case over and over again. I mean, whether you're looking at the, the Lake Champlain Mansi photo or you know any number of other things, the chupacabra, for example. Um, there's lots and lots of subjects that you would think that that you know the 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 more believer kind, uh, the more believer breed, I guess you'd say, um, if they're really on the ball and if they're as, as scientific as they claim to be, uh, they should be out there doing this instead of us. Really good point. Although I don't want to pat myself on the back too much. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I mean, you know, we, we, um, we like solving mysteries, and, and we have a lot of the same interests that they do. But I, I think we have, in this case, we had a few advantages over them. So mm-hmm. um, b- b- one being that um, it's way more important to us that we get to the bottom of the truth than we generate more page views for our site. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds harsh, but it, I think it is kind of true. It um, is true. Yeah, it is true. I mean that that's I mean that's 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 what the three of us do. I mean we're we're interested in the truth and we're interested in, in solving mysteries. And you know if if it gets hits and if it gets publicity, then that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, my main interest is solving the damn mystery, figuring out what the hell is it. Yeah, uh, and sleeping and, and at if, night. And, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, uh, you have to learn where you have to stop. I mean, when how far can you take this questioning, and how far can you go with Digging, I mean, like we know this thing in the 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 Siberian River was not uh, a real live animal that was on site. I mean, do you keep going trying to find out if it was really an elephant or a bear or a mammoth, or do you just step back and say, okay, I don't know specifically what it was, but I know it was a hoax, and here's how it was done. And I I think that's where you have to kind of cut off because this kind of research can become a rabbit hole that is bottomless. Uh, and and uh, it, it can be very frustrating. But I do want to say that while we were talking about Sharon and her site, that you listeners should check out Doubtful News, doubtfulnews.com, mm-hmm. I believe. Let me verify that right quick. Because um, it's a um, website that she's put together that aggregates this sort of news, but it does so in a very skeptical way. So it's a great way to get 
Lots of great uh, current news. Yeah, and you can also get it. uh, You can follow them on Twitter and just kind of get very current news. It's a great way to get news about the paranormal uh, without having to uh, weed through tons of crazy ads about how you can win an iPad. Go to doubtfulnews.com. Follow them on Twitter. It's a great way to get your news of the unusual uh, with a nice skeptical... Uh, flavoring. There you go. A little <laughs> skeptical sprinkles, if it, yeah, as it were. Yeah. I don't want to be too hard on those other guys. <laughs> well, let, let me just pick up quickly on something you were talking about, because I think you make a really important point about how far do you take this, because, um, you know, there will be people who will, uh, I mean, probably not in the, in the mammoth case, because it's so obviously faked, but there are people who will say, um, well, you know, well, where exactly, you know, which model are you talking about? You know, can you identify the exact program that created that? And and that you also you see this a lot of times. For example, the, the main example that I think of is the Patterson Gimlin film, where you know the question is, okay, well, okay, where exactly is the costume? Do you have the costume? Let, let me see the exact costume. And why can't you make an exact copy of the video? Uh-huh. Right. Or well, the why, movie, well, the film. Why, why can't you duplicate every single aspect of it? Right. And if you, and and to to many people, you know, especially on the believer side, if you can't or you don't want to put in the time and effort, and some of these things could be incredibly time-consuming to to exactly duplicate, and, and in many cases, just practically impossible to do. Uh, but but you you often see this in in the in the video analyses where the believers will say, well, if you well, yeah, you, okay, maybe maybe you proved that it was probably a hoax, but unless you can identify the exact person, the exact time, and you know you have names and dates and and you know and and toilet paper receipts and you know exactly what they were doing, then it, then it's not true. It, it, isn't that that basically becomes Zeno's skeptical paradox? I mean, it's the whole thing about well, you you, you have to there's more and more burden of proof, right? That I mean, it's not really there. But like you can never reach a full conclusion because you can't make it match exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, yeah I, I, that's interesting. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, consciousness, philosophy, UFOs, ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Things done weird things. Wheel of urine! 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. But even if you're duplicating uh, a video uh, or a walking style or something like that, it's not to say that you're duplicating... Bigfoot, as such. Well, well, and this this is actually the same sort of thing Randy has gone through uh, with uh, with his history, the Amazing Randy. Uh, he doesn't necessarily show you. Well, even go back to Houdini, same thing. They don't necessarily show you proof that uh, psychics and mediums are tricksters, but they show you ways that can be uh, you can mundanely reproduce the same effects. Right. Which should be enough to make you realize that it can be done without supernatural powers. Therefore, if they're not demonstrating supernatural powers, there's a really good chance that they're faking it. And um, Brian and Baxter did that with the alien alien in the window footage. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> which they've been doing again and again of late. <laughs> what, peeking in people's windows? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Just Brian. <laughs> We're talking now with Alan Melkjanian. Is that right? That's right. Wow, I'm surprised. You know, that's a test uh, I have with people. You know, if you can if you can say my name without stumbling, then uh, I know you're going to be a good friend. <laughs> good. The two hours before him were well spent. Then, all right. <laughs> oh. <well. laughs> So we've talked a little bit on Facebook. Um, have you had a chance to look at this so-called mammoth video? Yeah, I'm glad you um, you showed it to me. And I mean, we we kind of spoke in comments on on there, but um, yeah, I wasn't 100 percent sure what was going on, but I was kind of suspicious as far as the the whole bear with fish theory. Um, but it's interesting that it got revealed kind of while it's still hot, while it's still a topic of discussion. Uh, like the truth behind it got revealed. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So now most people know you as Captain Disillusion, and uh, you have some really great videos and a DVD, which will be available in the show notes. Uh, Thanks. No problem. Uh, I really like the way you do your reveals because you make them entertaining at the same time as exposing the techniques. So um, how could somebody be sure that this video was actually faked uh, and that the uh, what they're calling the original video isn't just a if you'll pardon the pun, <laughs> a truncated version that stops right before an elephant actually does walk out or a, or a bear with a fish. How, how can we really know it's, it's, it's a fake? Um, well, I was actually thinking about this because um, if you've seen the, the original, uh, well, the, what is claimed to be the original video by that filmmaker, um, it's actually a wider shot that's completely still. And, and the, the mammoth video is, looks like a handheld camera and kind of pushes in further into the shot. So what I was actually thinking of doing, I haven't tried this yet, but you can basically take the whole original shot. Um, you know, it's, it's a long, it's, it lasts like several, several minutes. And you can five take the mammoth long. shot. Yeah. yeah, five minutes. So um, you could take the mammoth shot and kind of reverse engineer the motion out of it, you know, track it and stabilize it, kind of like they did with the um, 
the the Bigfoot video, you know, the famous one, and Patterson the um, Gimlin film. Yes, exactly. That's right, that one, and also like things like I don't know the, the Kennedy assassination, like all those videos that were captured kind of haphazardly and have been studied for years. They they've stabilized them so that it you know it, they took out the camera shake and whatever zooming might be going on. You could do the same thing with this mammoth one, even though it's kind of like really low quality and low resolution, but you could still do it to some extent, and then take that. Uh, line up the features of the you know the 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 landscape and everything lay it on top of the original video and just kind of scroll around scrub around to find maybe there's a point where all the water and splashes and things kind of line up like find that same synchronization point between them oh, and then you kind of let's go say you're making me feel really <laughs> good because i've been trying to do that that's exactly what i've been trying to do on my yeah, yeah on my mac so great okay well, Exactly. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh no! And, and so yeah, I mean, I, I literally that that was kind of the first thing that came to my mind when I saw the video by the the documentary guy that's kind of like pissed off right now about the fact that this his video was used. Well, I, I guess it's in his interest to prove very definitively that the video is his, and that would be one way to do it to kind of just you know do a perfect side by side where you can sort of point to multiple water splashes and things and show that they're going together. I think if you did that, it would be pretty apparent. Like if you did find that matching point, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep working on that. That's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, I, w- I would do that as soon as I have some time, but probably will, somebody will beat me to it. You know, at the, at the pace that I work, I mean, you suggested this video to me and I thought it would be cool to do an episode, but I didn't even have time to even like start thinking about it already. The story progressed. <laughs> it's fun though. I mean, um, I thought it might be also fun. I, I found a, um, a 3D model for an elephant that looks very close to what's uh-huh. in the video, and um, but it, the trunk moves a little different. What, how does uh-huh. how does that different? Like if you want a composite, I'm gonna say composite. What, what can you tell us what a composite shot is? Yeah, I mean, in, well, in in visual effects, I guess you have different fields. You have like animators and CG artists that just make you know stuff out of nothing. You know, renderings, and you have. I guess uh, compositors who are like who who take different elements and put it all together. Pretty much any kind of visual effects or animation um, work has to go through a final stage. It's not really the final stage, but one of the final stages is compositing, putting all the elements together and making sure that they kind of work together. Everything looks seamless. If you're trying to make something photo photorealistic, so that's that's actually an actual field <laughs> compositing and you use the term correctly so you're good super uh, and so yeah. they have uh now i i have very lazily used the term cgi to talk about mm-hmm. uh, digital effects and i think I, from what i gather there there's a difference now that cgi is now being used specifically for um this sort of uh, computer generated modeling and not just for you know, computer created effects right yeah i guess cgi Normally, you would just refer to, like, yeah, 3D models, the animation of those models, and uh, the rendering of the final product. And it doesn't actually it doesn't even have to be 3D. Basically, anything that was made from scratch in a computer lightsaber considered CGI. Yeah, there you go. Lightsaber effects, right? So yeah. in this case, I mean, I don't know if you can tell from looking. That's that's one of the real questions I have. Well, and actually, it's probably the number one question on the internet is. Was whatever really is there? I mean, assuming we, I think I think we're going to be able to demonstrate maybe within the next week or so that 
that whatever took place didn't exist on the original video. That that the original video was the you know in part of that four or five minute segment of water that's just going by. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, can you tell from looking at the video whether it's a uh, a real animal video that's been inserted, like a like a excerpt from another video, or if it's a three D model? It seems like it's so digitally distorted. It's hard to be sure, but I, I was wondering if, if there were any signs we could look for uh, that might be giving us a clue there. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, regarding the quality, that's sort of a like a lazy compositor's best friend is to basically, you know, make a composite, put put things together, and make it look as realistic as you can. But then, if you can't go any further and it still doesn't look right, that's when you kind of take the whole thing and you know reduce its resolution, add some camera movement, you know, fake camera movement and shaking or things going out of focus to kind of fudge it up. And 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 that's like when you look at this video, it, it has that look of a video that has just low enough quality for you to just not be able to make out <laughs> what the thing is. In a way, that's kind of a giveaway. Of course, it's not a guarantee that, you know, that it's fake just be- based on that. But it's, it's kind of, you get that feeling like just the thing that I want to see, the details that I want to examine are just, just out of reach, you know, in terms of resolution. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, like I said, like the matching up uh, now that the the real shot is available, matching that up uh, would definitely immediately prove the fact that like that, that during that moment that creature wasn't there. And you know when people were talking about the you know whether it's maybe a bear with a fish, which kind of I find kind of an interesting example of pareidolia where it wasn't it was pareidolia that's resulted from the fact that we were trying to find a more like legitimate explanation, a more realistic. <laughs> yeah, no, you're dead on. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, in the discussion with Ben and Karen, but we yeah. can say it here too. Uh, Occam's razor, right? It's right. Like, people want to use Occam's razor. Say, what's the what's the most simple explanation? Uh, that it's a mammoth, or that it's a bear walking across the river. Well, but the the other option that it was a digital insert. Uh, yeah. To many people, seems like an unlikely explanation. Like, why would anybody go to the trouble right. of putting- especially because yeah, yeah. because it, because it, it does look kind of like a bear with with a fish in its mouth. You know, you, you feel like that's yeah, that, that's that's a much easier explanation than somebody going into the trouble of putting something in there that could be mistaken for a bear. You know, exactly. Like, it, if you're gonna make a CG elephant, you I mean a, a mammoth, you might as well do it like in a way that can't be mistaken for something else. Yeah, it would make more sense, I guess. But then again, um, that the eeriness of it, uh, you know, or the unusualness of it, may have been a factor. I don't know. Yeah, I tell you this though. Here, here's, I want to talk about some of the things that I saw as as a non expert. I mean, this is really not my field, but I do a lot of photo analysis. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I do a lot of video analysis too, but it's not like you. I mean, you're, you're much better. <laughs> you do a much better job of showing how it's done, and I just try to like spot the clues that maybe it's fake. So sure. the the first thing that stuck out was that the, the whole video had a uniform blurriness to it, mm-hmm. and and to me, I found that problematic because most modern cameras have some level of autofocus. And yeah. and it, it just seemed unusual to me that even zooming in and zooming out, n- the blurriness never changed at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was more like a blurriness caused by just low resolution. Like if you if you took a video of something um, and kind of formatted it to be 
like an old standard def, you know, very small, even like something like 320 by 240 kind of resolution, you know, a tiny postage stamp sized video. And then you blow it back up to like a normal resolution of, you know, I don't know, HD 720 pixels. That's what you get. You basically get a blurriness just because pixels are kind of just repeated and, and smoothed out to look, to not look choppy. That's what they did. But I mean, by putting the whatever the object is, whatever this, whether it's a CG elephant or what a, a CG mammoth or what I think is a piece of stock footage of an elephant, which I kind of we can we can do that in a few seconds. I can we can kind of do an interactive thing where I can show you where you could find a piece of footage like that. Uh, but uh, you know, you put it there in the still shot, and then you take that whole rendering, that whole composite, and you push into it. And just by virtue of doing that, it's already it already has a severely reduced resolution, and that's where the blurriness comes from. So it's really just uh, it's not the camera, it's not something optical that happened when it was filmed. It's something that's uh, that's an artifact of the post production, the the, the 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 way that they messed with the video. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing, the second thing I noticed, or that I think I noticed, was that the so-called handheld motion seemed mechanical to me. Like it didn't mm-hmm. seem like a natural random handheld. It seemed like it was almost on a track or that it was, it was very mechanical. I don't know how else to describe it. And that's very subjective, but is mm-hmm. it possible to visually tell the difference between computer generated, uh, hand motion and, and, uh, and well, I, I guess uh, not kind of just by looking at it because, You'd have to know, you know, what kind of lens it was, how far the stuff was, and to what extent it's zoomed in. I wouldn't say that that that, that fake camera motion, if it is fake, is done badly because it has kind of this non-uniform kind of shaking that you would get from. It actually has this like it, it imitates this effect that some consumer cameras have, where they have like a built-in stabilizing sort of. Uh, mechanism to try to keep your shot from from wobbling, mm-hmm. but sometimes as you move your hand too much, or you know your your shot actually you you actually try to change your shot you know by moving the camera, it sort of it latches on to something and then it kind of has to let go and latch onto something else. So it has this smoothness broken up by sudden little you know twitches, and that kind of looks real. So if anything, I would say it's a pretty decent job on on a <laughs> fake camera motion. Yeah, so that may be in my imagination. I'll have to test that at some point. Yeah. But I- but what <laughs> what is kind of um suspicious is the fact if you look at the way the camera moves, it has this shaking reminiscent of a handheld camera, but in a in a real handheld camera there would be this rotation that's kind of like you know, turning your head to the side a little bit like a banking rotation. Um, you know, in the on the, around the Z axis, you know, if you know what I mean. In other words, what, it would be like a ship, you know, rocking side to side. There isn't really that kind of um, rotation in the image. It's as if someone was using like a really shaky tripod, you know, like the camera keeps level, but it just moves up and down and left and right. So that's a little bit of, you know, that's a potential giveaway that the motion was just added as a, uh, as just basically like a little panning and tilting, uh, you know, just, just, uh, uh, jogging around inside of a cropped image kind of going up and down left and right right and and um 
that's consistent. When I did my, uh, I did like a little attempt at stabilization. It's not mm-hmm. perfect. I, mm-hmm. I, it would be really cool if the software I have, I'm just using iMovie, mm-hmm. but uh, it won't let me lock in. There's some rocks on the front right hand side. I really yeah. like to lock in and make those stable. And then, and then uh, that would be. What cool. you want to do is I don't know how the iMovie um, stabilizing interface thing works. If you are given an option of using more than one point, you want to try to find like the rocks and then maybe the treetops when it's like really wide. The shot, the, the treetops. Yeah, that would be great, up. but I, I, I don't yeah. think it does that unless like, maybe it's an advanced tool. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do you have uh, what do you use? Final Cut Pro or something? For- well, I, I mean, I use uh, Avid uh, Media Composer for editing, but for things like this, for compositing stuff, I use uh, Adobe After Effects, which is a very, very popular program mm-hmm. <laughs> with everyone for this exact task. But uh, I, I was going to add, because you mentioned the, the rocks in the foreground, and that reminds me of another thing. When I was first seeing this video, one of the first things I kind of subjectively was... Um, perplexed by was the scale of everything because those rocks they're basically like pebbles on the beach um, these rocks in the foreground and kind of extrapolating from that looking at the water and then how far the other shore is I think that this is a pretty small uh, um, like it's not a very wide river and I, I think that if this is an actual if you know this is supposed to be a mammoth it's kind of a baby mammoth <laughs> uh, because it doesn't look like a full grown you know something that's larger than an elephant to me yeah, that's but a good again, point. Yeah, it's, yeah, it would be really cool to know exactly where that was because we could go to Google Earth and get a kind of better idea of how wide the river is there. So how did you get involved with uh, video editing and, and video effects? Well, that's just something, I mean, from, from childhood, I, wanted, I was always interested in uh, animation in particular, but I basically just wanted to be a filmmaker and tell stories and was always fascinated by the whole you know, film production technology, anything that's involved in making movies. So I kind of just aimed for that from a young age, and I went to school to study that, made little shorts, you know, even as a high schooler. And, uh, yeah, I'm still, like, I work in the field, but I'm still kind of, you know, ended up being so unfocused that I do everything. I basically, you know, freelance as in production and in post-production, depending on what's needed, and I'm kind of sort of good at all things and maybe not completely genius and amazing at any one thing. Uh, it, you're a generalist. It's not, it's not a bad way to go. You can always specialize, right, if you yeah, want Yeah, and it's, I'm, I guess I have the kind of personality where it's hard to just keep doing the same thing all the time. And this is such a rich field, you know. Uh, I mean, cinematography is nothing like sitting, you know, doing visual effects or the, pro- the editing process. So if you kind of do a little bit of everything depending on what part of a project you're involved in, it's, it's kind of fun. It's refreshing because you can always switch gears sure. and uh, hone some other skill. Well, how, how long would you have to go to school to learn how to um, make a mammoth video like this? Well, these days, I don't think you have to go to school. I actually, I was going to go to school for things like this for animation and compositing, but then I decided, this is stuff you can really learn from books. There are so many books and and nowadays tutorials and stuff on YouTube that you could basically get a free education and all of this stuff. If you you were really obsessed with it and got your hands on all the software and just kind of looked around and studied from the many, many tutorials and stuff you can find. You can you can learn every skill that's involved in doing a video like this for sure, especially since I mean I, I really don't think that um, the mammoth the actual object that 
they put in was like a CG rendering. At best, what they might have done is taken some sort of illustration of a mammoth and just kind of made it animatable enough to do what it's doing in this video. Just kind of a side shot that they, you know, kind of split up into pieces and made it almost like a cutout kind of animation because it's so blurry and so bland that and, and half, uh, half obscured by water that you really don't have to do much. But when I was digging around, actually, if you want to see, if you want to do this little experiment, um, if you go to iStockphoto.com, and viewers can do this too if they're not driving or something, iStockphoto is a place where you can buy, you know, pictures and graphics and videos for any kind of multimedia stuff you're working on. Um, if you go in the menu to video, just the video section, and once you're in video, use the search bar to just type elephant. Um, you'll see, you'll end up, once you're there, you'll see that you get a bunch of results of a bunch of clips of elephants, you know, in the wild and everything. But one of the first clips, a couple of the first clips should be this elephant in front of a green screen. Yeah. It looks like a green screen, but yeah, it's, it's actually somebody took some footage and actually rotoscoped the elephant out for your convenience. So you can put him wherever you want. And if you hover over the very first one of those two green screens... You'll see a little preview of the clip playing. That's right. And the elephant is looking at the camera, and then he kind of starts walking to, to the side. And he eventually takes on a pose that's kind of like what we were seeing in the, in the video. You know, he, he takes a few steps in the same way. Now, I, of course, I don't know if they use this exact thing, but if I had to recreate this video, this is what I would do to not waste time. I would take this clip. Somebody already matted it. It has a green screen and everything. I would just take the elephant, take those last few seconds of him walking sideways, make a little kind of seamless loop so that I have this elephant just taking these steps, stabilize him so that it was just, you know, he'd be exactly where I want him to be the whole time, and uh, maybe like warp him a little, like make his rear much lower and smaller so that he takes on that mammoth type of um, profile. And uh, yeah, once you did that, you just stick him into where you want in the, in the shot. Wow. Like you know, as we as we know, the the original shot is stable, so you don't even have to do any tracking. It's already like actually, if you see the original shot, it's basically begging to be messed with because it's this perfect sort of almost like a still, except the water is running. It's yeah, it, that's actually something I was going to say. The uh, it looked to me like whatever they did, they didn't get very much of an animation sequence. It, the animal appears to be making the exact same physical moves over and over again, almost like an animated GIF. And, yeah, and that's what made me suspicious about the the um the bear with fish thing because yeah, maybe it's that and scale-wise it looked like that, but it it was so yeah, like so uniform and kind of very limited in the way that it was moving. Like no, I don't think any animal would just basically march in this very timed way. You know, well, but, I, I, yeah. again, I, I, I've been saying it was digital from the get go just because of my suspicions we talked about. <laughs> sure. and, and I don't want to gloat or anything because I, I, I really would like to know specifically if it was an elephant or a bear they used, but it really doesn't matter in one sense. But let me say this for all those people who thought it was a bear with a fish, I would challenge mm. them to go find a video of a bear who catches a, a fish that big. And then, instead of pulling it back to the bank where he's at, calmly and slowly walks across a river. <laughs> right. It seems yeah, like that's very unnatural behavior to me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're totally right. And especially, yeah, I, I would, 
expect, especially a bear with a fish, with a fish that he just caught that's probably still alive to some extent in his snout, I don't think it, he would be so docile and the fish wouldn't move in any way. You know, right, it basically right. it's, doesn't move it's a very, at all. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot wrong with that, but this this makes much more sense to me. And and again, I you know I had several biologists talking to me about you know whether it was a bear or an elephant, and most of them seemed to think. And I, again, none of them were saying mammoth, but mm-hmm. this makes more sense. So it's it's something you could take this video and digitally just sort of warp the elephant a little bit to make him look more mammoth like. Yeah. yeah, and I was I mean you might not even have to warp him because really, in in the final video, what makes him more mammoth like is the fact that like his you know he's got like supposedly like a f- kind of fur that that extends down to the legs you know unlike on an elephant so it's kind of you know you don't really start seeing the legs um uh as high and the fact that his the the rear side of his body is kind of lower or the front of him is larger which whichever way you want to uh, call that, but really, because half of him is obscured by the water in this way, you could basically just rotate that elephant shot a little bit, like counterclockwise, to to kind of end up with that kind of profile. You know, he probably wasn't that lazy, whoever made this. But I mean, that would be like if I had to do it in half an hour, <laughs> that would be the first thing I would do. I would see if I can just kind of rotate the elephant a little bit to make him resemble that shape more right i i'm i'm pretty sure from watching this video they spent at least an hour doing it uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and it, it'll be interesting i'm going to try to find out what the actual monetary uh value was for that cell because the sun pays yeah. they pay for these things and not only did they yeah. rip off somebody who shot a real video but they also uh you know, made money doing it. So it's, it's That's definitely, right. I, I feel, yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm in the wrong line of work. People are suggesting that I do a fake real video all the time. Yeah. But, it's it's yeah. tempting, huh? I, no, but yeah, I really have no desire to do that, but I could see how it's lucrative. I mean, just based on the fact that, 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 um, news organizations, quote unquote, news organizations pay for this kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 it's, uh, it's it's a funny thing to have ethics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very limiting, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Gosh. I always say that a step down morally is always a step up financially, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is right. there anything else you want to tell our listeners about this? What, what I find funny is that in this situation, the, the original filmmaker, at least based on the video that he made talking about this stuff, he seems pretty pissed off and kind of poised to potentially, you know, uh, sue this guy or pursue some kind of legal action because he's literally saying, you know, he's interested in finding out what his options are. And as the guy who provided the cryptid video, um, I would be like in the mode of total self-defense right now because, you know, no one likes to to get sued. So the best thing for him to do would be to come clean because that, you know, the, the least of his problems should be, you know, whether or not people believe it's a real video. I would come clean and I would explain, you know, anything could have happened. Like if you make a, a hoax like this, you don't know if it's going to go viral and become huge, but it did. So, you know, I would come clean with the guy and just say, here's what happened. And yes, these guys bought it. You know, I, I did get compensated. But now that we, it's sort of, it's your footage. I did the effect. So maybe we can work something out, whatever, you know, that no one needs to sue anybody. Unfortunately, this guy is not in this position at all because as I understand, this is someone who's 
provided these kind of paranormal or cryptid videos on a regular basis, doesn't doesn't he? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, I'm aware of two right off the top of my head. He he was right. he did the. Uh, I think it was last October. He did the. Uh, there was some Brazilian kids, and there was a weird alien kind of popped up in a light in the background, and it, it all looked very phony. Right. But it became kind of a hot video. And then before that, he was involved uh, in the. I think it was back in April or something. He was involved with the uh, chicken alien, where the alien appeared to be laying in the snow. And it was actually somebody had taken like a, a roasted chicken and made it to look like an alien. It was <laughs> brilliant. But he's got he's got a long string of these sort of things. And the question is, you know, I don't know if he's the hoaxer or if he's right. just uh, an extremely gullible person who who promotes them. But at the point that he's taking cash, yeah. his curiosity and skepticism is probably uh, not in his best interest, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's sort of it's funny because. Yeah, he's, someone like that has painted themselves into a corner because they can't, even if, yeah, if, if, if he knows anything about the origins of this video or whether or not that other guy's footage was used, he can't come clean because that would undermine all his other claims and it's the whole, you know, it's a whole chain reaction. So it's kind of a lesson, I guess, for anyone that uh, does this kind of thing and, and you know, a, a, a purposeful hoax and tries to make money off of it is that, you know, it, it only takes one video you know it only takes one problem and then all of your entire reputation with all of this stuff will unravel so yeah you know maybe it'll that, that yeah, makes maybe sense right yeah. I was say, but then there's things like tom biscardi who has been involved in multiple hoaxes and still mm. sells bigfoot videos and has a podcast yeah. that has official you know, his fans who believe in him i don't know why right uh, <laughs> Yeah, because I guess it's it's just that's how the mind works. You can you can discount the ones that got uh, revealed as hoaxes and still believe that you know. But this other stuff is real. I mean, I know that's fake, but this yeah, is real. no, and that's the same mentality with people who hoax uh, uh, fake archaeology from the Middle East. You know, and, and right? That's the the same. You know, well, yeah, he had a few bad items, but most of them are really good. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> They're all right. suspects, right? After you've yeah. the reputation counts for something, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and and in my in comments on my videos, whenever you know, sort of defenders of whatever video I'm discussing or di- dissecting, uh, when they comment, that, that's a lot of comments that I see is basically you know, accusing me of um, picking on something that's an obvious hoax, and somehow that you know that tarnishes the 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 notion that. These similar things are real, you know. Other UFOs are real. Just because this one is fake doesn't mean that you know all of them are fake. So I don't know if there's a chance that any of our listeners have not been to your YouTube channel, but we'll have a link to that in the show notes. A link to awesome. your your DVD, which has a really great collection of your yeah. work and uh, some bonus materials on there too. That are very nice. So yeah, yeah, I worked really hard. It's not one of those DVDs where you know I just threw together whatever was on the web, just put it together just to sell it. I I tried to kind of, first of all, remaster a bunch of those older videos, which were posted back when YouTube had like a ridiculous quality, you know. Right. Um, and I put them all, you know, made them as new and good looking as possible. And yeah, have like commentary and stuff on there and uh, some funny kind of behind the scenes stuff. You know, just trying to uh, support this habit because, and I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, I, I'm really bad at, you know, this stuff doesn't get updated i don't come up with new videos as often as i would like but i'm working on you know figuring out a system where i can 
simply because this stuff is the same as my day job. And sometimes if I'm you know, getting off of a big project, <laughs> it's like, oh, now I can do the same thing for uh-huh. fun. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's doable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm still working, but, but basically, um, this, you know, people buying this DVD, uh, goes a long way to help me kind of carve out some time and ability to make new videos. And I do have a lot of cool plans for um, future episodes and maybe more characters and stuff like that. So, uh, it should be fun. And with every video, it's just going to get better. Cause I, I just try not to go over the same territory all the t- all the time. I just want to make something crazier and crazier each with each episode. That's great. I don't know if you remember meeting me at TAM, but uh, sure. we, well, we got to go see uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy together. That That's was right. Cool. That's right. That was awesome. Unexpected. I yeah. <laughs> I found out at the last moment. It was well, a, me too. Was, me too. Oh. But I was excited to be a part of it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I don't want to keep you all night, but I really no, appreciate cool. you taking some time to talk well, to thanks, the listeners. Thanks for asking me. It's it's fun. Monster dog. Today uh, we're talking with Lou Petho. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's correct. I want to make sure I got it right because I saw your full names. Is it Ludovic? Which is kind yeah, of, Ludovic. Yeah. Uh, very cool name. All right. <laughs> anyway, so who, hot, hot French. who is Lou Petho? Well, look, I'm, I'm uh, one of these independent documentary filmmakers that, uh, you know, we, we spend, you know, there's a lot of us, we spend a lot of time uh, and money just to get projects, uh, you know, looked at broadcasters and hopefully, you know, get a Guernsey after uh, many months and sometimes years of, um, you know, pushing these projects. Look, that's basically what I do. And the uh, footage was from one of these uh, projects that I'm working on. So, Lou, how did you find out about this mammoth video and how quickly did you recognise your own footage? Okay, well, look, what, what happened was a guy called uh, Moderate Martin, I think, um, from YouTube sent me an email saying, um, mate, you should have a look at this footage because it, it looks a bit like yours. When I looked at it, uh, you know, fair enough, I instinctively thought it was my footage and then I checked, you know, every pebble, every rock, every cloud was in the, uh, the same space. And I asked him, you know, um, how, how did you work this out? And he actually knows of Michael Cohen's work and he thought, oh, look, something's a bit fishy here. So what he did was just did a search through YouTube for rivers and uh, Siberia and came across my footage. Hey there, Lou. This is Ben. You actually emailed me. It's interesting how, how all this thing came up as I had, of course, written on it. And then, and then I, I guess you had seen my piece or how did you end up contacting me? Yeah, yeah. Look, what, what I did straight away was to uh, go to people like yourselves who were, um, you know, talking about this story and just wanted to set it straight. I mean, what, what really upset me was the, uh, the fact that somebody took my footage, slapped their own copyright on it and uh, proceeded to make, you know, some money out of it. And as I pointed out in my video, if it was, you know, if it was a couple of kids in a bedroom having a bit of fun, I, I'd, I'd laugh along with them. I think it'd be great. But you know, th- this is different, right? This is this this is a whole no, a whole whole different set of things. When you know, again, you're not just talking kids; you're talking uh, a production company that should know better, right? Yeah, yeah, correctly. Well, the production company, I have got in touch with them. They uh, they, they acknowledge that uh, the footage is mine, and we're we're coming to some you know some agreement there. Um, but you know, we we do people like us put a lot of effort to try and get these projects up. So it's, so it's disheartening when you see somebody taking your footage, which, you know, I, I put up there to show a bit of the scenery, the, the beauty of the place, and also to talk about my uh, project. 
Yeah, so uh, we do want to talk about your project, but I have a couple more questions about this whole hoax matter. Um, I've been really curious about this. Like, how much do you think uh, was paid for this uh, this hoax video, or do you have any idea yet? Uh, I, I don't have any clear idea yet. But I, you are pursuing trying to get some kind of compensation for it, or yeah, through yeah, the misuse. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, well, well, basically, well, yeah, yeah, they're going to compensate me where where um, Cohen would have been compensated, uh, you know, originally. Sorry if I'm being a bit vague about it, but but it's just something that we're still kind of functioning. Sure, uh, sure. And, and I am, look, I am persisting with Michael. I am in touch with Michael. And um, I, I'm kind of, I'm seeing where, how far I can push that um, because I think, He's done this before. A lot of other people have got back to me and said, "said uh, you know, good on you. This guy's just a serial hoaxer." Um, you know, a lot of people are quite upset with Michael for doing a lot of these uh, these hoaxes, or or the one that's the conduit for these hoaxes. I mean, whether he's doing them actually himself, I you know, I'm not sure, but he certainly is the uh, the platform for it. And. Is he claiming to have been the videographer, or is he just the promoter of the video? Oh no, no, no! He's just saying that somebody sent it to him, which is a bit unusual when you slap your own copyright over this stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's really odd. Yeah, that's... and I did, I did send him, and then I think I CC'd you on that. I'm not sure if I CC'd you on it, but I sent an email to uh, to Michael saying, uh, "Isn't this terrible that this person has has tricked you and um, is basically defaming <laughs> you? Let's let's join together, let's band together, and get this guy. You know, we let's need find to find this founder." <laughs> wow we all got scammed wow isn't that amazing michael wow yeah, and, and look and look your name happens to be on other very dubious videos isn't that weird he's he's yeah, also, let's get these this is terrible you know justice needs to be served well he's also <laughs> said that you know well how do we know that this wasn't just shot at the same location but uh i think yeah. it's really mm. hard to get your camera set up exactly the same. Yeah, and make sure that the same pebbles with the same exactly. color, the same. Uh, and look, the, the really funny, some of the funny comments that I've been getting uh, on the uh, just that that footage is that uh, people are angry that it's actually me that took Michael's footage, and I took out the mammoth and I've put it up there <laughs> and, you know, as as this is a hoax. Other people have said um, that. It's it's me that created the hoax, and I've conned Michael into believing that it's real just to get the publicity. <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious more about your uh, your dealings with, with Mr. Cohen. I mean, how how what were your initial? I don't know if you're at liberty to go into details, but what what was the initial contact with him? And was he very defensive, or did he just sort of uh, plead innocent, or how did all that come about? Oh, look, I, I didn't I, I didn't go to him directly. I basically. Uh, uh, Look, I just saw it as, hey, this is a YouTube event. Let's let's you know keep it at that. Um, now, my my contact with Michael has only been been recent when I found out found his email. He's saying that he's not he's not the bad guy in all this. I'm not a bad guy, and that um, that he that I should appreciate all the publicity that I'm getting, and that I should be thanking him for it. Ooh. Wow, he's cheeky. <laughs> It yeah. is cheap. <laughs> yeah. What's the, uh, the yeah, yeah. Got, there has and, to be a, a really beautiful, concise Australian term for that. What would that be? Fair uh, there, there are lots of terms. Maybe he's taking the piss out of the well, river. Well, I thought he was. 
Well, I'm sorry, but I thought he was actually an American. It was funny to find out he was an Australian. And the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age in Australia, kind of, I think the headlines was two Australians lock horns. <laughs> wow, that's a strange coincidence. Over a mammoth. <laughs> yeah. How has YouTube handled all this? Have they been cooperative with your inquiry? I, I, I did look early on. I did point out that the, the mammoth thing was actually a uh, you know, wrong claim of copyright, and I haven't heard back from them. But what, one interesting thing is, look, ben, ben, yourself and um, Lee Spiegler from Huffington Post were really the only two that came back and wanted to uh, debunk the story. You know, I, I, no, no, it's, uh, I clarify that. I also ABC um, uh, breakfast show news in America. Right. Uh, but, but the uh, the Sun, you know, I put in a I put a um, comment on their blog. I haven't seen that a comment appear on the blog on that um, that article, and they haven't responded to me. So I've kind of, it's kind of interesting that they just wanted to ignore the. <laughs> but I guess that's the Sun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. That's. I think that's probably par for the course with them. So, yeah, it was interesting because, you know, when I first, you know, I, I first, you know, saw it and I, I, you know, well, you saw the piece and I was sort of critiquing all the things that I thought were really dubious and suspicious about it. And to be honest, I, I sort of assumed that it was just going to sort of fade away as many of these sort of hoaxed, you know, Bigfoot videos, you know, mysterious creature videos go. And so I, I just thought it would sort of fade away and, and nothing. And then, and then I think a few days later, I woke up one morning and there was an email email from you and, and you're like hey look at this i'm like interesting all right and so I, di- I did more digging and, and and i'll be honest with you i actually did a little investigating on you because i was a little concerned of uh a sort of a reverse hoax that somebody was gonna yeah, you know course. try and, and pull something so I, I did a little poking around and i i verified that you were more or less who you said you were and then i said yeah, all right i i think there's a story here so I'm, I'm glad that i could help sort of expose this because it was just it's just you know, so egregious i mean <laughs> I mean, it is, it is funny. I mean, it's, it's, it is a bit of a joke. But I, I, where it does get serious is the, uh, you know, the idea that people can take your footage, um, claim copyright on it, you know, make money out of it. Um, you know, I, I think that that's becomes a different story. And so what is the, the backstory to the project? Why did you shoot four minutes of video of a river? Well, um, the, the project, I'm following the story of my grandfather who escaped from a POW camp in Siberia in 1915 and then spent three years walking back home. Um, now, what I'm planning to do is to retrace that as a documentary, which we, we're, we're still looking for funding. It's, it's, it, it is a hard slot to get uh, these big projects up. Uh, and part of it was a research trip to uh, Irkutsk where I met a lot of um, uh, you know, academics, and they're showing me through the archival material from from that period. But I also wanted to go through the mountains to see if it was possible that my grandfather actually, you know, tried to cross these mountains. And um, so I did a ten day hike, and at the end, that was the, the river shot that, um, that that's become the mammoth shot. Was about five days in, was at the the turnaround point. And it was just such a beautiful area. And I thought it wouldn't be nice just to have a, a static shot of just this beautiful, peaceful, you know, flowing river. And, you mm-hmm. know, that, that was the only, you know, motivation, you know, behind, behind that. 
so I put it up there and, and really looked. I had lots of lovely comments, you know, before all this happened, people saying how beautiful and peaceful it was and wonderful, you know, and I was kind of happy to get, you know, 150 hits. And then, you know, once this thing happened, it's like quarter of a million now, I think. Or Viral. <laughs> it's kind of like weird. Imagine if I panned and put some music to it. I wonder, you know. <laughs> well, I think you can, you can actually add some stock music to the YouTube interface. So you got that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this will end up helping your, you know, get funding for your project or not. But, uh, uh, you know, how how can people find out more about your project, or is there anything we can do to, you know, help it move along? Yeah, well, look, what's what? I, look, I am taking, you know, why not take the opportunity of this publicity? And uh, I've spoken to our to my producers over in Europe, and um, you know, we're, we're getting interest through German and French television. But it is a big project, and we still need to raise quite a bit of money. What uh, what I'm going to do in the next week or so is create a, a crowdfunding site where we're hoping to raise enough money just for the cyan section. And uh, you know, we'll obviously have rewards. We'll we'll, we'll try and you know reward people who uh, join in. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe have a closer look this time. And you never know, I might see a mammoth along the way. Well, Lou, I have to ask, just just for the record, um, just to be crystal crystal clear, are you absolutely sure that you didn't see Woolly Mammoth at the time? Mate, I've looked through the footage, and I've looked through all my footage, and I, I'm sorry to say, but no, there was just no Woolly Mammoth. Oh, shit. Just Sad. a bear. Sad. Sorry. Fish. <laughs> I, I might have smelled up after 10 days, I'm sure I probably smell like a woolly mammoth. But, um, <laughs> wow. Fair enough, then. Fair enough. But, but, but yeah, look, I'll, I'll, um, if, if you guys didn't mind, I'll, I'll set up, I'll speak to producers and we'll set up a link. Certainly we'll have it on, um, uh, on my um, website, which is Russian Promenade. I'll put something up there where we, we can link to the crowdfunding. And um, if that's... If, that's at all possible. That, that that would be great. We'd be glad to put the link in the show notes. That's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, thanks. We typically, no matter who the guest is, we try to ask them, what's your favorite monster? <laughs> favorite monster? God, I don't know. Um, well, probably the Yeti, because I reckon, you know, if anything's <laughs> going to happen, I reckon it's, it's going to be a Yeti. <laughs> Did you see any of those while you were over there? No, no, but I look, I know that in Russia, they, there is a university in Siberia that is taking this a little more seriously, and um, they're actually trying to find the truth of what, what these, these things are, and um, you never know. That's true, if, because if you ever did know, then we wouldn't have a show anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it has something to do with Michael Cohen. Well, that's true. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I have well, begun to, to yeah, doubt his work. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, after all this, I have to thank Michael, I guess, for for some of this. But <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be at least a year now before we'll hear his next project. So yeah. <laughs> I guess he's a, I guess he's a staple on your show, is he? Or? Uh, no, but he is uh, a staple on the web. I mean, I we haven't talked a lot about him, but he puts out a lot of content. Uh, he he was involved in the. Uh, Chicken alien from a, last April, and then he was. Involved. That's right. Also, also in Siberia, I wrote yeah. about that. Yeah, That's and right. then he's, about that. he's involved in the uh, the Brazil alien that pops up behind the children. Uh, yeah, he's, uh. he's uh, yeah, he gets around. 
So yeah, well, actually, I was speaking to the I was speaking to the producers, and we were kind of you know joking. Maybe there's a good documentary in in these serial uh, you know serial hoaxes yeah. and, yeah. and oh. see what they actually do, and do they damage people trying to you know to really find out what's going on? Oh, for sure, yeah. there is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my favorite. I mean, my favorite irony of all of this. You know, we look at a lot of cryptozoology cases, and uh, my favorite irony is that the Patterson Gimlin film. Is shot at a place called Bluff Creek. I mean, how awesome is that? <laughs> what a great title for a documentary, Bluff Creek. Bluff Creek. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Lou. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Monster Talk. Thanks for listening to another episode of Monster Talk. I'm Blake Smith, and you've been listening to me, Ben Radford, and Dr. Karen Stolzno as we talked about internet hoax videos and interviewed documentary filmmaker Lou Petho and video analysis expert Alan Captain Disillusion Melikjanian. Links to Petho and Captain D's sites are in the show notes. Monster Talk is an official podcast of Skeptic Magazine. The views expressed on Monster Talk, while completely awesome, do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Skeptic Magazine or the Skeptic Society. Thanks again for all who participated in our experiment last week to get iTunes reviews. I learned later that if you're using an iPhone, you can do a review just by clicking on iTunes, searching for Monster Talk, and then selecting reviews. I really loved reading all your feedback and would love to hear more, and we'll let you know what it does to our iTunes ratings. You are a fantastic audience. And you're the reason we do the show. So thanks again for all that you do, even if it's just listening. And be sure and join our Facebook group. You'll meet lots of other listeners and be able to participate in fun activities like the continuing internet game, Is It a Bear or Is It a Mammoth? Theme music for Monster Talk is by Peach Stealing Monkeys. The intro excerpt was from a sample of Wooly Bully. A link to that track and all the other stuff I promised is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Want to stay abreast of the latest from Skeptic Magazine and the Skeptic Society? Want cutting-edge skeptical articles delivered straight to your inbox every week? Then subscribe to eSkeptic, the free electronic newsletter of the Skeptic Society. Visit skeptic.com to sign up. Oh, hello. Uh, well, hello. I, I'm Big Bird. Who are you? Oh, that's easy. I'm... Uh... Uh, oh, yes, yes, I am a snuffleupagus. Uh, a snuffleupagus?